good morning. <laughs> glad to be here. Glad y'all are here. So um, last service, you know, we always have a little meeting in the back, kind of talk through like everything. Did it work? Was it, you know, people were, did we, you know, just talk through it. And um, I had felt like I preached a little short last service, but I didn't say that. And I said, so how'd y'all think? Was that a little long, whatever, you know? And they're like, oh, you could, you could probably shorten it a little bit. <laughs> so I'm not sure what that meant for y'all, but we're, we're going to get out of here really quick. All right. I think, or just, no, I'm just kidding. Or maybe it wasn't that good. I don't know. We'll see. But I thought it was all right. So I thought it was pretty helpful in my life. But um, we'll see what it does for you this morning, okay? A little uh, candidness there. Um, So as we get started, we're working through this series on prayer. And um, we've been asking this question, you know, like, what is it that we're praying for? What can we be praying for? How can we be praying? You'll see these cards on your seats when you got in here this morning. They're there. Just want to encourage y'all to grab those. Be sure to um, fill those out. We're going to come back to them at the end because I want to ask you what we can be praying for you with. And so you can put your name on that. You can leave it blank and we'll be praying for you. Our staff's going to be praying for you. Our prayer team's going to be praying for you. And we just want, you know, folks to come alongside of you as we journey through this thing we call life, right? And as we got the highs and the lows and all all the different things that come our direction, we know that we're not meant to do that alone. And so as we've talked about prayer, you know, these last couple weeks, I've been encouraging you to say, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up, right? And we say, that's what we want to do. We want to pray in all situations and all circumstances. Scriptures say, pray without ceasing, right? That we're always focused and reorienting ourselves on the way and the things of God before us. And so we've been jumping as kind of a starting point each week off of the Lord's Prayer, and we've been praying that together. And so we're going to see that up on the screen up here and invite you all to pray that with me as we walk through it. And today we're going to put a little emphasis on this phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And emphasis, not like you need to say that part louder when we get there, but just emphasis like that's what I'm going to be talking about in a minute, okay? So let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So as we pray that prayer, right, this give us this day our daily bread, we, we talk about that. And we're going to talk about that in just a second, but I, I want to give you a quick reorientation. A couple weeks ago, um, we prayed about this template of prayer, kind of a guide that helps us. You know, it's not like a magic formula that if you do that, everything all of a sudden is going to work better, right? But it's just something that guides us and keeps us in relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we talked about that as an acronym of pray, right? P, we pause. And we find ourselves to just step out of the busyness and the chaos of life. We rejoice. And we give thanks and we look at the bigness and the goodness of who God is in our lives. And then we ask and we ask for the things and the needs in our lives. And that's what we're going to spend our time on this morning and next week. And then the last part is we yield and we say, okay, God, what, what is it that you want me to do now? How do you want me to live? Where do you want me to be? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to go and be? And so as we look at that, um, I want to start you off by just sharing this little story that, that was really kind of a reorientation for me in a piece of the Lord's Prayer. And it, it really caused me to just think a lot, um, examine myself a lot, look around, you know, my churches, my life, my family, my friends, you know, all of that. It, and it was a big deal. A few years ago, um, I had the opportunity to go serve with a ministry in Honduras. And I've been there probably 12, 13 times, got to go 
go a lot, started leading teams down there, doing a lot of different stuff with some great people. And as I started leading teams, as time went on, one of the things that we would want to do is each morning we'd have this time where the team would gather, we'd have this little devotional, we'd all chat, talk together, get situated, right? Get our heads right for the day. We'd go out, do ministry all day. One of the big pieces of ministry that we would do is go out and serve and feed folks in these communities. And then in the afternoon, you know, we'd come back, do some other stuff. And then that evening we'd have this debrief time. Okay. And so in the morning we decided for this week, what we were going to do is every morning, and maybe this is something you want to work into your devotional life sometime, we would just wake up and we would gather and we would read through the entire Sermon on the Mount together. Take about 15 minutes and we'd have a different person each morning who would just read those words out loud. In this prayer that we just prayed, this Lord's Prayer, it lands right in the middle of this Sermon on the Mount. And so each morning we would pray that. And we just said when we got to that part, we're going to pray it out loud together. And so we would all be praying this. And then we went out and we would go into some of the poorest areas of Honduras. And there was this city dump that they would have. And um, it's a city of about, you know, Two million people, the infrastructure is built for about half a million people. And so this dump is just continually inundated with stuff. And you'd have this whole little economy, this whole little community, really, that would gather around this dump. And when the trucks would come in, they would kind of grab stuff off it. They could recycle. They'd grab things that they could maybe sell somewhere else. Sometimes they'd be looking for food, all this different kind of stuff. And so there was this whole little, like, kind of community built around this. And so we would go up in those mornings, and we would take this food up, and we would pack it into our backpacks, and we'd go in, and we'd knock on little doors, these little makeshift houses that people would have. And we'd say, hey, we just want to bring you some food. We want to pray for you. Is there anything we can do? You know, we just have these unbelievably difficult conversations about just the complexities and struggles of life in that type of environment. And so that evening we came back and um, we were kind of having one of these debrief times. And um, one of the people said, you know, they said, each morning we've been walking through this, this Sermon on the Mount. There's this Lord's Prayer in the middle. And, and one of the prayers in it says, give us this day our daily bread. And they said, I realized that I've never prayed that and meant it. That there'd always been this sense of excess in our lives. And he went on to just talk about how this sense of like, you know, I've always felt like I got food. I have this. This, this isn't this thing. And, and for him, what had happened was prayer had moved from a necessity to a luxury. Right? And for some of us, that's what starts to happen, right? We feel like we got, we got our stuff. We got our things. We kind of have life in order and we got it and we kind of build this mirage that like we have it all in our hands and we got it all in our control and it's all there and we got it. And, and really prayer just becomes luxury and it starts to become the things that we would maybe like to have but don't necessarily need anymore. And it goes from life support to life enhancement. And when we get into that place, I, th I think it starts to skew faith, it starts to skew our dependence on God. It starts to skew the reality that, that God is with us in all circumstances, in all moments. And this idea of praying without ceasing, it starts to change it and it starts to shape it because we feel like, well, I got me 90% of the time. It's just every now and then when things get a little confusing, that's when I need you, God. And that can lead to a really kind of distorted prayer life from this sense of this lack of total dependence on God for all things that we need in all situations and circumstances. And so as I wrestled with that, you know, I thought for a while, I was like, well, but the reality is, right, like we want to give thanks for the blessings that we have. We want to give thanks that we have provision. We want to give thanks for the abundance that we have. And we don't want to feel guilty about that, but we do want to feel really responsible with it, don't we? We want to say, God, we've, we've been given so much and so how do we manage that well? How do we steward that well? How do we live well in light of all of the things that you have given us? 
And in that process, I came to a place where, where I felt like God began to speak to me and through some different things, reading and praying circumstances, you'll see this little lineup on the screen. And, and it's really what I want to challenge you all with this morning is this. What if we prayed not for what we want, but for who we want to be? You see, that becomes a real shift in our prayer life. Right? When it isn't just, um, God, you know, I want this thing. And it's good that we pray for things. It's good for we pray for the things that we want. God, God tells us to, you know, make our needs known to him. And we want to do that. But what if, what if the end goal of prayer wasn't more stuff, but it was more transformation? And what if our prayer wasn't just to get us out of or into situations, but what if our prayer was more about our character in those situations? And so that's what we're going to wrestle with this morning. And maybe this is when they said you should just stop and say amen, because that's where we're going. That's the whole deal, right? But we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth this morning. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with us to Matthew um, chapter um, 23. And as we look at this, we're, we're going to see Jesus talking to these different leaders. He's talking to these different religious leaders who had had a lot of power and a lot of say in the way that people walked and talked with God and they guided and directed them down so many different paths. And so in this section right here, it's, it's just a lot of red if your Bible has red. And Jesus is just really like saying some really to the point blunt things to people right through this little passage. But right at the start of it in chapter 23, he lays out this greatest command and he just kind of gets to the crux of it you know and he goes with it he says love lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your mind this is the first greatest commandment the second one love your neighbor as yourself and so it's like he says that and then he goes on this really long talk that he lays out where it's titled a warning against hypocrisy and he's talking to all these leaders and he goes on and he, he lays all these things out and he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. And he says it like seven or eight times in this little passage right here. And so he's coming at it pretty strong. Like, Woe to you, Pharisees, hypocrites, you who are like living one way on the outside, but really things are very different on the inside. And he's like, this is for you. And he says, Woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. And then he gets to verse 25 and, and that's where we're going to sit, 25 to 28, just for a moment here. And he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. And he says, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgent. Blind Pharisee. He says, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. And so he paints this picture, right? He says, woe to you. He says, you want to make the outside look one way without dealing with the inside. And he says at the end, I love it, in the last little passage of verse 26, he says, first clean the outside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. And so it's interesting the way he phrases that, right? He doesn't say first clean the inside, then clean the outside. He says, if you clean the inside, the outside's going to work itself out. And so for us, a lot of us, I think that, that if your prayer life can be like mine, when I get a little off kilter, when I start to find myself being a little selfish, when I find myself even just praying a little immature, it's just all about like my kingdom come right? It's just the things I want when I want them. And oftentimes it isn't a disciplined prayer life. It isn't a routine prayer life. It's just like when I'm in a bad mood, I'm like, God, can you fix that? Right? It's like, God, if I just had this, that would be great. God, if if that wasn't like that, that would be great. God, if you could, you know, make them not be so them, that would be wonderful, right? And and you just kind of like start to like go through these motions of it's just stuff, right? And it's just things. And it's what I want to be different. And we're not really praying like the Lord's Prayer. We're not really praying like thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What we're really saying is my kingdom come, my will be done. 
And you see, when we took it like a life cycle for, for, for us, you know, if you've had children, you've experienced this, right? You, you have a little baby and they don't even have words, but yet they can tell you very clearly what they want and when they want it, can't they? And then they get a little older and, and they start to use words for it. And they're like, hey, can you, um, you know, give me some food? Hey, can you take me outside? Hey, can you, you know, turn the air down? Hey, can you, you know, and they just, they got all the things that they know how to say. And then they start to say them. And then as they get a little older, though, and maturity starts to set in, we start to ask different things, right? And it isn't just what I want or what I need, but we actually start to ask for wisdom in certain situations and circumstances. And we start to ask for direction in situations. And we start to say things like, there's this kid in my class, I can't quite figure out what to do with them. Or we start to say, there's this teacher and the homework, and uh, you know, or we start to say like, oh, all these situations. And then as we get much older, right, and as wisdom starts to go, you, you've maybe experienced this with grandparents or older parents, right? There comes a place where you're like, no, I've watched you for a very long time and you have this character. And there's just something about you in these moments and these situations that I've seen you, you know, form yourself spiritually over and over and over again and have that. And I, and I want more of that. And you see, it starts to move from like, hey, can I get lunch money to wow, like your integrity has just shown. And I think we see the same with our prayer lives. And when it comes to prayer, honestly, like we're all some level beginners, right? But, but when we get to that place where we've prayed for a while, it starts to shift. And when we get to a place where we have set times and rhythms of prayer, it isn't just responsive prayers of what I want in my kingdom right here, right now, but it begins to be a shaping and a forming that isn't about the things I want, but it becomes more and more about who I am. And when we can get that shift in our prayer life, I think it begins to change everything and we begin to mature in our faith in big transformative ways. And so then it keeps going. And he says, woe to you in verse 27, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. There's that line again. He says, you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. It makes this really clear picture about what matters. And for us, when we were to, if we were to have a transcript of our prayer life for the last year, two years, would it really be advocating and calling out to God for things that truly matter? Is it really about transformation? Is it really about a radical transformation of character in who we are? You see, in Romans 5, 5, he lays out pretty clearly, he says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's spirit comes to our hearts and it changes us on the inside. And when the inside gets changed, right, the outside follows suit. And we see that. And what it looks like is in Galatians 5, right, we have Paul who writes about this fruit of the spirit. Right? When the spirit of God comes in and changes our heart, it starts to change the way we live. And we become more loving, we become more joyful, we become more peaceful, we become more patient, we become more kind, we become more generous, we become all of these things that start to shape the outside because of the transformation on the inside. But so often our prayers can default to God, can you fix the outside? And so this morning I just want to invite you into that and to think deeply about how do we pray more about transformation on the inside and not just the outside? So I want to walk through just a couple quick things on that. First question I'd ask you to see it up here on the screen is, are we being shaped more by the culture or by the gospel? Right? Because really culture wants it to make the outside look good. Culture often wants to make the short term the positive. 
On the other side of that, we talk about the gospel. We talk about an internal transformation, right? Where we see what God has done for us. And when we see what God has done for us through Jesus' life, through his death, through his resurrection. When we see that, when we understand that we are living in light of that, it changes us from the inside out. And so real quick, when we say, what is the measuring stick for life, right? Like, how do we define success? What is it that we're really pursuing? And to really ask yourself that question. I mean, to really say, like, what is winning for us? Is it that, you know, our kids are dressed really well in the right school, they're going to have the right car when they're 16? Or is it that they tell the truth and they look out for those in need and they have the courage to respond when those situations present themselves? Right? Because so often when we parent, we tend to parent the outside more than we tend to parent the inside, right? When we say, hey, don't, don't play ball in the house because you're going to break the lamp. And then they break your new really expensive lamp and we're really mad about the lamp, right? And there's this sense that none of that matters. What really matters is an obedient or disobedient heart, right? And we start to say like, no, 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 the lamp's fine. That's not a big deal. But the real issue here is this idea of like, hey, we asked you to do this. And what is it in you that is pushing back and rebelling against that, right? And it becomes a heart issue, not a lamp issue. And you see the difference in those, right? And when we parent, we often tend to parent to the outside because we don't want our kids to, you know, yell at dinner and be embarrassing to us. We don't want our kids to run in the hall and embarrass us. We don't want our kids, you know, and it's all like, hey, just, just outside behavior management. But really, what if we begin to pray for internal transformation that leads to those things on the outside? So that was a little bit of a rant. They didn't get that at the early service. <laughs> we, might, we, might, we might be longer today. We'll see second thing I'd say to you is this, is that we would pray to move from my way to the way of Jesus, right? That the words that we begin to pray, the phrases that we begin to utter, and this has been an exercise that's been really, really helpful for me over the last couple years. I'm a mentor of mine, taught this to me in the spiritual formation thing we were doing, and um, it's just a simple act, and I think I've shared it with you before, but that, that when we pray, that we would go through the simple practice of when we pause at the beginning of our prayers, right, to just do this little exercise with our hands, Or we just start them out like this and and we let them and we kind of have this sense of letting go. And we just pray a a few prayers of letting go. And we just say, God, empty me of fear. God, empty me of doubt. God, empty me of anxiety. God, empty me of trying to look so good on the outside that I forget about the inside. God, empty me of my controlling tendencies. God, you know, I mean, you you just go for like a couple hours probably, right? And we just pray that. And And then we just pause and we flip our hands back over and we pray the flip side of those, right? And so the prayers become things like saying, God, empty me of fear, and God, just fill me with faith. God, empty me of looking for all the ways that I was wronged and slighted in life, and just fill me with eyes to see the blessings you've given me. God, just empty me of overthinking and excessive second-guessing, and I pray that you'd just fill me with confidence and courage to go down the path you have for me. God, I pray that you would empty me of circumstances and wanting them to be perfect, And God, I pray that you would fill me with a desire to have character in the midst of whatever comes before me. Right? It's it's different. And it's a prayer that says, I'm I'm letting go of my kingdom and I want your kingdom. And when we get that, and when we allow ourselves to pause and reorient in prayer, isn't just about making my kingdom better and my outside better, but it becomes an internal transformation. We start to see that change happen. Next thing I'd say is that we would pray for a revolution of character. Right? When I pray for my kids each night, um, the things that we pray and the things that I find myself praying over them over and over and over again, I think of it a lot like um, a river, right? You know, it just, it, it keeps running, it keeps going and it, it takes a lot of time, but eventually it'll form its way through anything, right? Any bit of rock. 
And so as, as we pray that, um, we do have a time with my kids where I'm like, hey, you know, tell me what, what you're praying for this week. And I just want to pause and put an asterisk. I always feel like I need to do this. This might be an insecurity of mine. Um, sometimes I think when you're like, oh, the pastor and his kids, like we like light candles and circle up and hold hands in the living room. Like it ain't like that, okay? Like it's just like your living room. It's just like your bedrooms, right? You know, we're like pinning them down, like listen, Owen, you know, like all those kind of things. Like it's real life, right? But, but there's this sense that like we say, hey, what are you praying for? What's going on in your life? But really the prayers that I pray over them every single night are prayers of formation and prayers of character. And we pray over and over every night, God, I pray that you'd give them wisdom, that they would grow in wisdom, that they'd grow in stature, and they would grow in favor before you and before others in their lives. Right? We see Jesus say those words. And we pray for that. We pray, God, that you'd make them be strong and courageous in every situation that they will encounter over this week ahead of them. That when there's an opportunity to have to tell the truth, when there's a moment where somebody's being bullied, where there's a moment where there's an opportunity to do right, that they would have the courage and the strength to see that and the courage and the strength to step up and speak up and act. And so we pray those, those heart prayers, right? It's about who we want them to be, not just what we want them to do. And we do pray for outcomes, right? But there's also this big sense that we pray for formation of our hearts. We pray for formation of our character. We pray for formation of our soul so that when God leads us to places, we are ready for them. We see this a lot in um, sports, I think is one way where you see this too. And this idea of praying for character and how it plays itself out. And this praying for a revolution of character. Because y'all have seen this, right? Like every other time probably that there's an interview. And, I, and I'm not picking on them because I think it's good that they're you know, giving thanks to God. But, but it creates a little theological conundrum at the end of sporting events, right? When they're like, we just want to thank God for letting us win this game, right? And like inherent is that like God doesn't like the other team, right? Like that's just kind of like what we're saying. Like God picked us over them. Thank you, God. That's why you're not in the locker room because there's a bunch of heathens over there, right? And you're just talking to us and they're the losers and they stink and they're useless and God didn't answer their prayers, but God did answer my prayers, right? And when we see that, right, like you get it. You want to give glory, so I'm not picking on them exactly, but there's a sense that it does create a little bit of tension there, right? And it goes to this whole idea of character, right? We want the outcomes. We pray for those outcomes. But what if it was more about like, God, I want to win well. I want to lose well. And we still want to win, right? Don't, don't hear me like that. I've played enough sports to say that. But there's a sense of like, how does that outcome shape us so that our faith isn't determined on the outcome of a game, right? And there isn't this sense that God was with us or God wasn't with us because of a few calls the umps made, right? Because God is with us. And God is shaping us as winners. God is shaping us when we lose. And there's this idea, right, that you can win and still be a loser, right? You can win and still be a jerk. Like you can win and say God was on your side and have horrible character and cheated to have gotten there, right? But the essence isn't just the outcome, right? It's about the formation along the way and what those things lead us to. Another thing I'd say is that we would pray for wisdom, right? And this is a big deal right now. Because as we look at our world, and we, we have walked through a couple years of some crazy stuff that we're never going to forget, right? And as we look at all of this, and as we, as we see just getting inundated with new information, figuring out how to live life in the midst of social media, how do we figure out life in the midst of the current political, the current cable news environment that we're in, podcasts, everybody can be an expert, like this whole you know, ecosystem that we find ourselves living in of just information overload, and what do we do with it? What if our prayer was not just to be right, but to find wisdom? Right? To pray for discernment in these situations. 
When we talk about, you know, whether you want to talk about virus, vaccines, you want to talk about Afghanistan, you want to talk about a hurricane that's coming, do we stay, do we leave, what is it? That we could just like reject this, this notion and reject this idea that like, you know, I see it clear, this is 100% it, everybody's wrong if they're not with me, and that we would just pause and just seek wisdom. And then we would have compassion. And then we would have kindness as we realize we are discerning some difficult things together. And that as we walk through this stuff, that we would do it with wisdom, that we do it with compassion, that we would do it with kindness. And there's a passage in Colossians chapter 3. And you're going to see it up here on the screens. And it talks about the church and how we live together. Right? And he says this. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. He says, clothe yourselves. Right? Like clothes are external. Right? Clothes are what we put on the outside. He says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, right? It's not just works. It's not just outside stuff. Like we do this because it's been done for us. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. He doesn't say let the peace of Christ rule in your actions, Right? Let it ruin your heart because the actions overflow from the heart. And the last thing I'd say is that we would pray for a generous heart. That we would quit praying for more stuff and that we would maybe begin to start praying about the stuff that we have. Um, a few years ago, I had this lady that was at the church I was working at and um, God had blessed them tremendously in some situations and circumstances. And we had a really candid, good relationship and she was sharing with me. She said, you know, I've just been really praying through like, how do we manage all we've been given so well? And she said she wanted to go through this little exercise and this little process and she said she'd been praying. She just felt like God led her to this place where she said that for a year and she kind of set this calendar date and she said for the next year, she said what? Ever anyone asks me, my default is just going to be to say yes. And she says, I just want to learn to live with just like wide open hands. And if they say, hey, we need some help at this event, can you? Yep. Hey, we're raising some money for this. Can you? Yep. Hey, can we do that? Yep. And she was at a place in her life where that made sense and that may not make sense for you. And I'm not necessarily saying you need to do that right now. But what I am saying is that we need to reflect about the season of life we're in, the things that we've been given, and what would it look like for us to quit praying for more and start saying, God, how do you want me to use what I have right now? You see, when we begin to see that and say, God, I want you to help me to live with open hands. I want you to live, not, I want to live not as if the outside matters more than the inside. I want to pray for transformation, not just more stuff. And so what does that look like for you? How do you begin to live that out? What does that discipline look like for you to say, what is the internal change that needs to happen? How do we pray for that? And how do we begin to live into it? And so on these cards right here, I shared with you, we want to be praying for you. And they're going to come up and sing a song in just a minute. And as they, they come up to sing that song, you're going to be able to stay seated. And we just wanted you to just take a few minutes and pray over some situations and circumstances in your life. You can put your name on the card or you can leave your name off the card. That's totally fine. But um, as you do on the back side of it, that you just take a few minutes and you, you'd think through a situation or a circumstance that you're walking through right now. And I'd challenge you to say, what does it look like to pray through this for the outcome? That's good. We want to pray for healing. We want to pray for, you know, all those different things that, that sit out there. But what, what is that fruit of the Spirit that you've found missing in the process, right? 
And so, so maybe the prayer request doesn't just become, you know, that, that you would um, help me to get that job, but you'd help me to find peace in whatever job I end up with. Right? And there's, there's a difference there, right? And one becomes about formation and saying, you know, it isn't just about the desired outcome. And if I don't get the outcome, everything's falling apart and God's not real. But it's this sense of God, what do you want to teach me as I walk and navigate my way through this fallen, broken, sinful world? And I want to reflect more of you in every situation and every circumstance. And it isn't just like, God, you know, I want to make the team. That's great if you want to make the team. And we want to pray for that. But it's also this sense of who am I in the process of making the team, right? God, help me to be honest. Help me to be joyful. Help me to, to find peace. And help, help me to have joy either way because I know that my worth isn't valued on being on this team or not, right? It's in who you are and who you say I am. And so I want you to just take a few minutes, wrestle with that, and just as they sing, and then come on up, y'all come up and play. But as they're doing that, um, that we would reflect on that and, ju- and just say, God, th- this is what I want to be praying for. Not just the external change, but that internal transformation as we walk this journey. And I want my life to bear this fruit of the Spirit of God. And I want to have love. I want to have joy in the midst of it. I want to have peace in the midst of very unpeaceful circumstances. I want to have all those things. And I want to know that it's because of who you are in my life. And so we want to journey with you in that. We want to be praying with you. We want to come alongside you in that. And we just believe that God wants to shape us, mold us, and transform us into the people that he's called and created us to be. Amen? Let's pray together. God, I just pray over everybody in this room right now that as a church that um, we would be people who just respond to your call. That we would be people, God, who um, don't measure success by external situations and circumstances, but by the transformation of our hearts so that we can become more obedient to you to do more of what you've called us to do in this place at this time. And so Jesus, don't make it about stuff, but make it about who we are. And so as we um, wrestle with all the difficult situations and circumstances we find in our lives right now, God, I pray that you would help us to see those as opportunities to be shaped and molded into the people that you would have us to be. And so we give thanks to you for the blessings that you've given us. And we pray that you'd open our eyes and that you'd transform us, Jesus, from the inside out. And we pray this in your name. You have been listening to sermon audio from Good News Church in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. We have Sunday services at 815, 930, and 11. If you are interested in finding more information on our church or ways to get further involved, visit goodnewschurch.life. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you soon.